0: Hello, friends. I'm your host, Chris Thrill. I'm a former Royal Marines Commando. I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T shirt podcast. Kev, former Royal Marines Commando. <laughs> How are you,
1: my dear brother? i'm good chris i'm good how are you i'm english veteran of the year i hear you win oh and look what i just happened
0: to have here <laughs> <laughs> yes mate yeah. it it, kevin it amazing what bootnecks achieve for crying out loud i mean world records rowing the bloody atlantic in record time with one leg yeah. writing books upon books upon books as best-selling authors um cracking off the old charity work um yeah. and inspiring people oh. and uh oh 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 and inspiring people and you know that's what, <laughs> you know i i never oh. thought i never thought when i ran that endurance course in february when we's breaking the ice on peter's ball that lo and behold what is it 25 years later i'd be chatting to you and um you know it all it all counts for something doesn't it
1: it's crazy, mate. It's like another life again, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, I, I, what always amazes me, because uh, my younger brother's a bootneck as well, uh, was a bootneck. Our bad frog. luck. Bad luck. I know. And it's kind of like we were so young when we did it. You forget how young you are when you go and do that. So, yeah.
0: Yes. I t- you want to know a funny thing? Go on. It, mate, I was fit, I'm fitter at 50. Well, I'm 53 now, but than I ever was in the Corps. And just to prove a point, was that uh, uh, last year, I took a team of uh, elite veterans, all of us, you know, getting on a bit. We went up to Acne Carry in
1: Scotland. I've been, yeah, it's lovely, isn't it?
0: We chucked on the old, you know, 33 pounds or whatever it is. And um, we cracked out the nine mile uh, speed march in an, in an hour and a half from the carry train station to the castle where churchill's commandos you know did their training to go behind enemy lines many of them knowing they weren't probably weren't going to come back and um i think i enjoyed it more at, <laughs> at,
1: at, at <laughs> well it's bit. because you know you're going home after it that's why <laughs> yes so i've been up there mate i've been up around lock locky amazing place um love it up the outspine bridge so, hey, yeah,
0: Scotland, good. isn't it? A beautiful part of the world.
1: Unbelievable, mate. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. And Scottish people, I never I never got this in the core, Kev, right? Because, you know, when you're in the core, it's jocks, sweaty socks, or all the piss-taking, blah, blah, blah. But you're all kind of like a, not a homogenous group, but you know what I mean? You're all on even Stevens, aren't you? Yeah. I, I never realised till around the length of the country what bloody beautiful people Scottish people are. They are so, so kind, you know, so kind.
1: I went through training with, you know, Aldo. Have you come across Aldo Kane?
0: Yes, he's, he's mates with Ollie, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he is. Lovely bloke. And, you know, doing, doing amazing. Again, another boot neck, another couple of boot necks doing really well. So, yeah. Yes. The jock, you know, the the jock says, look, check me out. So, you know, the Scottish guys are just, they're different, aren't they?
0: yes it, it's it's like i say i i think one of the nice things about having seen a few years of life is you you get to appreciate the finer things and the simple things that would have just passed you by you know pass you by when you were younger and you get to appreciate people
1: absolutely mate.
0: Yeah. so my gosh Royal Air Force to Royal Marines commando how how did that all come about
1: I um I was in the air cadets as, as a as a young lad and I didn't I didn't really enjoy school I didn't really go to school very very much the last couple of years I had a great I had a great education up to the last two years and then just all went to ratchet and late 80s um I realized you know, only again like you know you get older you realize more I ended up going on to do a degree And it was only in 2016 in education. And as I look back at that time that we were at school, the 80s was rough. The teachers were getting battered by the government and uh, battered by us. So nobody cared if we went to schools. The last couple of years, I skived off most of it. Uh, But I was in the air cadets. I loved the cadets. I did. That was where I got my discipline. Uh, That was where I was rewarded for effort. And uh, I wanted to go in the Air Force, and I ended up joining as um, an aircraft technician. So I worked on harriers, and I worked on pumas and Chinooks.
0: Did you get to fly those little planes when you were a cadet?
1: Yeah, yeah. I did gliding. Here's the funny thing as well. I actually soloed a glider before I passed my car test. (laughs) So, like, I did uh, eight hours' worth of gliding up at RAF Sexton. And then one day I'd done it because it was a tandem, like, side-by-side, the old Venture. And I'd done I'd done this lap with this uh, pilot, and he jumps out. He goes, "Oh no, no, leave your kit on." He goes, "You're ready." That's how you know what I mean. So I sat there, went through because he had an engine on. Went through all the engine checks, and you know, turn the engine on, off, off a go, lift it up, and you do a lap. So bang a right hander in, you're still climbing. Bang another right under in, and then you're looking down on on the uh, on the downward leg, and I'm looking down at the runway where I've got to land. I'm like hell i'm on my own and you know what i mean (laughs) 17 years old and uh yeah i landed it obviously everything was all right but what an experience so the cadets was amazing just i went i went loads of places germany when i was 14 i went to gibraltar when i was 17 and then i joined up when i was 18 i joined the Mm rf so yeah that was what i wanted but uh yeah changed my mind after a bit i got bored
0: i flew solo after i think 11 hours of lessons right and the instructor says to you right planes yours off you go and i'm flying i'm up there in the sky on my own thinking oh my god why did they trust me with a whole aircraft and now i've got to get this thing down on (laughs) and i'll tell you what i was thinking kev right was when i learned to drive like I couldn't drive on my own until I'd had like about 35 hours of bloody lessons.
1: <laughs> really? I, I did seven hours. That was it. But I I worked in a garage on a YTS before I joined up and we used to borrow cars. Um, well, that was the 80s, wasn't it? <laughs> we used to borrow cars. So I got pretty good at driving before I had any lessons.
0: Yes. Yeah, I was up there thinking, my God, they've trusted me with a whole aircraft and I've just done like 11 (laughs) 11 hours training I think I I think I smashed it down a bit but yeah yes so um what's it like then giving up the RAF Scran for uh that of of Her Majesty's Royal Navy
1: you know funny mate funny she'd say that because I'd never had sweet corn until I joined the RAF and then I don't think we ever had sweet corn in the galley Uh, the food was wicked yeah you know you get up in the morning and nip over for breakfast and just point out what you wanted them to make your omelette out of and um, top mate. And then when you got to the core, you know, you race into Dutch's in the evenings to fill yourself up even more, ain't you? But yeah, quite a big difference, but. It's all
0: changed. Life. It's all changed now, Kev, because like, if I'm going to big someone up, right, I'm going to big up Royal Navy chefs and Royal Marine chefs, because they are bloody the best at what they do.
1: I don't think it was
0: that bad to be fair no no they were great even there was even one time when i went um vegetarian for a while right so i'm at the hot plate hmm. and i'm you know whereas i would have had the chicken steak or what you know the the half a chicken or whatever they used to give it and and the, the bootneck chef saw me and he and he leant across he went are you vegetarian i said yeah yeah he said, "Oh, mate, you should have said we'll we'll just do you a special mi- meal." And I, I just thought that was like so special about the Marines, you know that that. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not what people think.
1: No, it's definitely not what people think. Definitely not. I mean, I think it's the same in every walk of life, though. You know, you get your good guys, your bad guys, but you know, you you did you did get looked after, didn't you? You did get looked after in in terms of food. I never. I mean we had nine o'clockers in training I don't know if you guys did my arcade he always says to me yeah you like nine o'clockers so we'd go in and have an extra meal they did that for us and um but it was bulk weren't it back then you just eat like bulk we weren't defined you know we weren't defined characters like they are now we weren't chiseled back in the day because we just had loads of scram. Mm. but we were a lot off as well didn't we so
0: yeah, looking back at that now, I do wonder because I'm a big vegetable guy now. You know, I, I like mm. to be, I like to be buzzing. You know, buzzing with the universe, and 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 I do wonder if I'd eat more vegetables in training rather than just. You know, I mean, you was starving all the time, weren't you? <laughs> yeah.
1: Always, always. You know,
0: every eleven o'clock nip to the naffy. Yeah, I get a, a pack of twiglets a pack of uh chocolate chip cookies and another thing coo- <laughs> i can't I can't remember what the other and, and like you, you just wolf them down and that is between breakfast and lunch an
1: eating machine you? i mean you are just always hungry mm-hmm.
0: it's all changed now can yeah it's uh... it's all it's all done by i don't know if it's circo well, <laughs> we're God, yeah. friends, we're going to be talking about more, more, and more about Serco as the as as uh, the podcast goes by. But um, it's all this paper plate crap, is it? You know, help yourself to this pre prepared meal, then bin all that plastic knives and fork. Just
1: no, we were fed. We were fed well.
0: Fed well with proper. What do we call them? Is it gaffling irons or is that the army? I can't remember. <laughs> your, your your knife and fork.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I've not heard that one before.
0: Yes, eating irons. I think we call diggers in
1: double doff. Always a double doff. <laughs> yes, yeah. seconds on the pudding.
0: So, forty commando. Mm. How was that?
1: Forty commando for me. I I, um, I left training. I, I, I won the king's badge and and I, I, i'm pretty sure i injured i got injured in training because I, I, I smashed my knee quite bad but it wasn't you know i like, snapped not snap my legging off um but they, they, and i'd gone to the sick bay and it and i spoke to one, one of them the um i'm just trying to think it was one of the navy medics she 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 had a feel around thought i broke my kneecap and and but I i went on just they just gave me painkillers went off to 40 full of painkillers and the old leg, it just got worse and worse. And I'm taking – they're just filling me up with more drugs, um, Coproximal, Brufen. And, um, yeah, I kind of like it, – it was rough. The, the joining joining runs were pretty tough. You know, you'd have your initiation ceremonies, and they were vile, mate. They were vile. I'd got to 40. I think I'd be 20. Let me work this out. I'd be about 23, 24. So got there. And, um, yeah, we'll be 24. So I was a little, probably a little bit older, and I'd done a few years in the air force, and it was, it was a bit nuts. You know what I mean? For me, it wasn't. It was, it wasn't what I was expecting. It wasn't I wanted it to be more professional, uh, but I wasn't in that state of mind. Um, it took eleven months, and I, I kind of liked my knee. I'd stopped taking all the drugs. I thought this is not good. It's, I've got. I didn't know if it was in my head, but I stopped taking the drugs. The pain got worse and the lump on my knee just below my kneecap which seemed to be growing and I, 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 bit, I basically refused to soldier I went in to see the, the MO line I was like I'm done and and I was like no I'm done I need I want an x-ray I want an x-ray Um. and they sent me down to Derriford so I drove down to Derriford got the x-ray I broke my shin and, and I, I broke down because I honestly thought Jesus Christ you know I thought it was in my head there's the x-rays broke my shin they scanned both my knees my knees were both shredded <clears throat> from training and put uh, me straight in the leg plaster i rang my little brother up picked me up from from Derriford, down in plymouth and and then went home and had a few months off um and 40 for me was just like i mean there were all i don't did you go 40.
0: no mate my acquaint with 40 is reading mark times books <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, Mark. Mark's uh, Mark. Mark. Mark was um, is a good friend of mine. We've yeah. lost. We've lost contact in recent times, but he wrote this kind of expose, didn't he? On the go, go,
1: was it Go Commando? He wrote.
0: Yeah, he where <laughs> well, he wrote three books, and I think the opening to Rocking Up at Forty is he says <laughs> he's there as a sprog He goes to the heads in the morning, sort of oh, the, oh.
1: the the
0: bathroom, folks and as he's sort of brushing his teeth he said some guy rocks up at the the basin next to him the sink next to him he's dressed in suspenders yeah. <laughs> he's got like a you know three-day-old <laughs> stubble and he's like spitting blood into the sink or something
1: I got <laughs> was- to my grot man mate yeah it was bonkers man it was bonkers so I got to my grot it's old spider grot so they're up are the old what do they call them nissanots that were there from the war so 40 apparently was um was where all the gis went um before the ship you know the, where the, the the dead gis had gone uh like a morgue mm. so we got in these grots and there, you, know, it, you know there's loads of stories of them being spooky and all that but i got i got given this you know as you pair i opened up the locker and there's like a cash bag you know them canvas cash bags in now so take i mean i think they just got back from belize so to take it out Son of shotgun, it. I'm like, gee, that's wicked. So I stuffed that in my car, I mean, you know, you're young, ain't you? And when you say stuff like that nowadays, it sounds horrific. Like people are thinking, Shit, the bed, but I chucked it in my car, I took it home. So we had a few goes with this son off and eventually someone turned around to me and goes, Kev, you'll get seven years if you get caught with that in your car. I'm like, oh, I'm only playing with it. you know, I'm only out shooting bits and bobs. So I ditched that. Uh, but 40 was nuts, mate, it was nuts. Mm. Uh, I didn't have a good time I wasn't in my mind had been yeah, you know, I had so much going on at that point in my life with the injury I just I hadn't I hadn't got a stress management technique so we're drinking a lot and um and and uh, you know as a result of uh research I found out that Coproximal had been banned because of all the side effects um you know making you feel weak um hallucinations and and i was i was experiencing a fair bit and i was i didn't talk to anyone about it because you didn't i was you know what i just thought i was going mad so I thought it was it uh, was crazy
0: yeah well, no, i just go ask you hang on mate i'm just googling uh, uh sorry i'm search in coproximal because i'm not sure if it's the same as um Cocodomol. um
1: i don't think it's got the same base i don't i didn't
0: god knows god knows anyway um what i was going to ask is when did you join Limpston and when did you leave?
1: Uh I joined six seven nine troop. So that would have when was it? It was I think it was October nine 9- ninety four.
0: Uh, okay. That's quite a long time after me then. I just thought for a minute there I recognise you from training, but
1: well, Phil our Phil was in 607.
0: Yeah, I was five five eight.
1: He passed out with six one five. He was, he was only 16 when Phil went and I oh, would never have made it at 16 miles just a proper bit of skin
0: yeah mad isn't it the lads that join up so young
1: yeah I was I was amazed and you know one of the reasons I did transfer is because we were writing to each other. me and Phil I was going through I went through did the six weeks basic um in the RAF then I went on to tech training uh I got best recruited in my six weeks in the Air Force and you know after doing a number of years in the cadets and doing the duke of edinburgh doing all that it, it it does really help but then you know when i went into the core um yeah it was it was as a result of going to watch phil pass out and i went to the passing out and i was like Fuck, you know this is amazing i didn't even know this exists i didn't know much about it our oh, phil had seen uh, a royal marine display team when he was younger and that had spurred him in but I was always RAF my older brother went RAF RAD did 22 in the air force but yeah trade training was tough because I didn't do my last two years at school I didn't get any O levels I had to go night school to get a couple of them to get in as a techie um I just wasn't used to revising and it was hard you know we did a we did a level 3 electrical engineering and instrumentation and that was 18 months long and I, I tried to leave in the middle of it because i'd had enough i wanted to join and go the corps but but my uh my flight boss she she took me to one side i was getting into trouble in training and she took me to one side and she she spoke to an officer at 40 commando funnily enough and he had a word with me and he said look if you don't pass this the corps is not going to be interested because you have gave up and i was like i'll do this then i'll transfer but yeah i ended up um finishing and then uh, I did spend a couple of years in the Air Force, but I did I did get across eventually.
0: But yeah. Mate, I've got to ask you, I'm fascinated by this kind of stuff. So we've had Maj- Major Andy Shaw on the podcast. Um, lovely man, Andy. He's out there living in IB for now. He was involved in a very um, infamous incident in the Falklands where it would, turned out to be a blue on blue. Mm. Um, funny enough, this is just an aside, but somebody left a comment recently saying I was in that blue and blue. Um, so I've said to him, get older, you know, you know, let's, let's hear mm. the other side of the, or let's hear all sides of the story. But Andy, um, great, great guy. He got the King's badge. Mm. What, what is it then, Kev? Because when I went through training and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people, I was just happy to get through each day, you know, I wasn't trying to be a grey man or nothing, but, uh, you know, I uh, I uh, 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 don't think that was a bad thing in training, just to do what you need to do. But I have massive respect for someone that can pull that little bit more out the bag and actually, I don't know what it is, you know, t- taking control, taking a bit more charge.
1: Yeah, I mean, I um, before I even went across, it says, Phil, I want to get the King's badge. He's like, I just want to concentrate getting through it. To be fair, but I was I was hell bent on it. So from the kind of like from I trained my arse off while I was in the air force to literally prepare to go in the Marines and get the King's badge. At the time, I'd heard that you could fly as an NCO. So if you got the King's badge, you know you you might get advancement of rank, and then you could get to fly. Uh, I had that in mind, and I thought SF. I thought, you know, this is this is this is kind of where I want to go. So I trained my arse off. It's literally you just you just like I, I sometimes I describe it as like being Forrest Gump. So I just like I'm just going to do what they say. You know, I'm just going to do everything that they say and then give it a bit more. Uh, and I guess having that past military experience, I knew the game. I knew that that I, it didn't hit me too hard when they were up in your face you know what i mean it kind i kind of have a little good giggle about it and i did get a lot of bollockings but you know they weren't you know they weren't detrimental to me being a good marine you know the the the, the guys in the training team could see that i'd got uh they they wanted me next to them. you know i was a good soldier but (laughs) what is the king's badge (laughs) well when you get to unit it's a magnet mate and that's not that's rarely talked about it is a massive magnet and you just don't want to wear it
0: yeah because some guys didn't wouldn't wear it you could have it on your woolly pulley couldn't you yeah and and your blues i think i think some of the lads would have it on their blues but they wouldn't wear it like day to day because it was just
1: i got made to wear mine at 40. i mean i was a right magnet i never forget the we got a new troop boss in so that you know yo so he got a young officer, and he was—I think he was about my age—and he got neat, and he deflected so much onto me, like ex-crab fat king's fat, man. Know, what the f- is going on here? Do you know what I mean? Know. And that—that that was meant to be my boss. I didn't—I couldn't find respect for many people. At 40. There were some awesome lads, don't get me wrong, but there were some real heads I mean, it's—I think we spoke—we spoke about it earlier, didn't we? Before you hit the go button, I think. And I, and it, these are things that are not talked about. There was a lot of people in the military that have ran away from abusive childhoods, and it pops out. It just pops out. I was fortunate, you know. I had a great didn't have any cash growing up, but I had all the love I ever wanted and all the support. But you know, you, and I think this is why you see so many veterans struggling after because they've never resolved the trauma from childhood. It's huge, mate. I swear, it's such a big thing. Mm. um so that was that's an observation i've had in the last few years as to why why it was so crazy at 40 and and why you know you just you just slipstream and got in you just did you did i didn't follow the crowd that's why i got a lot of shit. i would not go to i wouldn't well after my joining one i'm like I, how humiliating it is fair enough it, it, it has its place in a tribe i get that um uh, but i didn't it didn't mean i've got to join in so i i sacked him off i got a lot of shit for that i ended up sleeping with a bayonet for a few weeks but um yeah let's um, what's happening? mate you say I'm that you're yeah. not jobbing off and saying we're going to come and fill you in. you're not joining up i don't give a f- you know and I, I literally slept with the bayonet for about a month like, like, first one's having it and that's i ha- that's i didn't really have have much choice in it mad world mate people don't get you know some of the things that
0: go on in there yeah I mean the public just gets a very glorified version of it veterans tend to remember a very far you know it up, don't we Yeah, you know, glorified version but you did have some fucking nasty you know what's in there didn't you Big time
1: yeah
0: you know and it might be the most popular guy in in a company yeah he might have been popular he might have been in the falklands he might have all it but he could make life miserable <laughs> do
1: you know what i'm gonna do right you know well i've wrote a book you, you know i've wrote a book there's a little piece in here that i'll I, I just quickly find it because i went AWOL when i was a uh, at logs i decided to give myself a bit of leave because uh, my girlfriend was pregnant and the sergeant basically didn't he said you're not anywhere you're not married so 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 basically left but there's a bit in here i'll, I'll, I'll just read you a bit out yeah being turfed out of a fighter unit unit was bad enough but after months in plaster at home on sick leave i was posted to drive a training school and onto the logistics regiment this was never part of my plan i arrived at my new unit and was hugely underwhelmed to meet my sergeant a man who enjoyed his rank in the worst possible way so that mate when i wrote that and he's a man who enjoyed his rank in the worst possible way he's a bully man you know what i mean and, and i was at one of the hardest points in my life he was my sergeant and he was just pissed off because i was injured cheers
0: yeah so for friends at home let's not forget the fucking legends that you meet in the core really 100 really, really, yeah really yeah. nice blokes yeah old sweats that they'll see you come along and rather than try and make your life as difficult as possible they're just fucking nice to you and they help you along and 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 we um, my sergeant in Norway was like that um my previous section commander was just a drunken old bastard he he wasn't right in the head he had to take all this medication which is a red flag in itself right and Someone had obviously put a kind word in for me to say, look, that cunt there is fucking, is bullying the new lad.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and the sergeant be it being what typifies the Royal Marines went, wait, Chris, we're going to move you sections, mate. Right. And I'll tell you what, I went from hell into paradise. Yeah. I still remember all the the, 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 the you know, the names of the guys in my tent sheet. Yeah. Just, I mean.
1: You're you right, mate. Some, I've made some amazing friends, you know, in the core, and learned so much about myself. I think looking back, um, I just I hadn't got I hadn't got the emotional literacy. I hadn't got the courage to share what was going on in my head. You know what I mean? I was hiding as much as possible. So, and again, you know, these guys, the, the stripey. He would have, he would have had a massive his own shit to deal with. It was just it was just of its time, wasn't it? And it was it was odd. It was odd. It was brutal like that. Mm. It, you know, that. That was how it was. But yeah, I had some. I did have some good laughs, mate. I had some amazing laughs. So yeah, I, I don't look back on, with any regret on any part of my life, no matter how tough it got. They were the lessons. They were the best lessons I could have.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can only have lessons, isn't it? That's, that, That's I think, what's been hidden us from us in life is people yeah. think that there's good experiences and there's bad, and, well, there's not, because in order to end up in, we talked about this, you know, to end yeah. up living a life in paradise, you've got to have a mix of it all.
1: Yeah.
0: And you've got to be able to take it all on the chin and make of it, you know, make of it um,
1: Our reality is what we think, uh, and it's what we fill our heads up with, but you know you've got to have a realistic viewpoint on what's happening around you as well but uh practicing gratitude for me um learning tai chi was my way back that that was my way back because i had having left the core 98 scrambled around for about five yeah be about four four five years ended up in a teaching role weirdly enough um and i got purpose back i got meaning back working with kids who've been kicked out of school um i was good at it um, i cared and uh it, it it made me realize that you know because these kids a lot of the kids that get kicked out of school have had a tough life and it made me realize that i'd had a good young you know i had a good upbringing i just had a tough sort of like transition going into being a parent um that was hard coming out of a relationship being injured and, and you know and leaving the marines but that that is literally where I learned to uh I started to learn to be grateful and I, I started to become self-aware that's mm. when I started to become self-aware when I started to teach and uh, just
0: kept so, before we go on to that just what did you go anywhere special in the Marines did you do any service did I
1: did, I did no I did I did the uh, I did a 12-month tour in Ireland before with the with the Air Force uh just picking stuff up that got littered around the province and that's pretty much it really
0: what what kind of stuff
1: the aircraft that had been shot shot down that and all broken down stuff like that Mm. so nothing too nothing not nothing like a serious contacts anything like that but an overwhelming sense of doom like permanently (laughs) but i had a good laugh it was good fun riding around in choppers got shot at a couple of times but didn't really see a lot or even landed and didn't know the chopper had been shot you know you didn't know it, it took one and um, so it weren't you know it wasn't it wasn't heavy like like Afghan stuff mm. but it was uh I was young at the time I was like 21 and it was it was an interesting time I enjoyed it I enjoyed it uh but later on it kind of played on my head a little bit working out what why I'd been there and there there's a few lads lost <clears throat> in an helicopter crash as well when I was out there so that was it was interesting
0: you mentioned working with the the uh, let's just call them displaced youngsters yeah didn't you didn't you have a rocky period yourself was that like before or after
1: what in terms of education wise
0: no in terms of I mean like you know when
1: I got that job yeah I was still I was still going through the mill a little bit but what what I could do was compartmentalize and just go and work and and I, I just put everything into work I didn't, I wasn't sure, you know, my own life was rocky, relationship stuff. I was going through a lot, my partner at the time, she'd gone through a lot. And, uh, you know, you don't know that when you're younger, you know, you're bumping heads and it, it didn't work out. Um, but yeah, that I found that tough, but I threw myself into work because uh, that, that was literally where I felt, um, I felt like I had a sense of control over it, I guess, because I was teaching, so I had to concentrate. And um, yeah, it was good. So, yeah. so I did 10 years. I did 10 years full-time teaching in further education. And I was teaching, uh, I started off teaching motor vehicle mechanics and electrical engineering. Um, and then I did a lot of, I did maths and English. I had to teach that as well. There's loads of stuff you had to do at FE. I did five units of personal social development with these kids. And then I ended up on the teacher training team and the quality audit team. And then I ended up teaching and lecturer at university as well. So it's quite like, it's, quite a sweeper journey from you know leaving school with no GCSEs and then ending up lecturing at university it's quite I I didn't really map that out it just kind of like unfolded I guess
0: hmm. I mean I I it, it said leaving the military tested you to your limits in in yeah. what in what in what respect
1: emotionally I hadn't got the tools to deal with being you know being uh becoming a father when i i wasn't it wasn't in my plan to to have a baby even though we've been together a, a number of years at that point you know a bit been on and off and, and i guess when you don't share your emotions if you've not got the language if it's just not done then you, you're not communicating are you so you know you, you end up drifting apart i was i was still dealing with a lot um injured I'd stress in terms of stress management i'd only ever trained so so i didn't you know i ended up drinking a lot more and I ended up taking drugs as well because like, they were there you know everyone had, uh, i hadn't done it I, I did a bit when i was before i joined up, uh, but not a lot and then when i was a soldier it was like no i was you know I was, that was what i was doing but then as i left i ended up playing music writing music playing in bands t- t- tell us about drugs. that i
0: mean i'm i'm just trying to like make sense of your 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 journey did so I mean, did you experience homelessness? Did you battle addiction? No. Did you? Were you no. on the I rave don't think scene? I was
1: Addicted? I don't think I was ever addicted to any drugs. I just uh, just took them recreationally, but I was doing a lot. Not, uh, what is a lot? Um, uh, I was living
0: <laughs> talking to the wrong person.
1: Me and me and Phil bought an <laughs> house when we were both still in the Marines, and he'd moved. We'd uh, I'd bought him out, and he'd moved out and and, and um, got on with his family and that. I was still in the house. So I was still s- sort of like single parent in it. with the youngest. And um, yeah, it's complicated, isn't it? And I was just trying to make ends meet, basically. But mm. I was in and out of work because I hadn't got any, you know, low self-esteem. I didn't really like who I was, you know, eating myself, I think. So mm. it was just a case of masking everything. And when I when I had then every other weekend, pure dad in it. When I didn't party like it's 1990 whatever year it was uh and then that, that was kind of my life was kind of it, it was I'd sort of segmented it off and then when I got the teaching role did it again I was teaching uh put a lot put a lot of time into the teaching
0: how was it then to be partying and 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 teaching and you know <laughs> doing stuff to make ends meet what
1: well, the te- well, by the time I got the teaching job, that was, you know, that was financially, that was when I started to get secure financially, but I did, I was in and out of jobs for five years previous to that. Mm. Yeah, that that was the hardest bit because I was still, um, I was still with my partner, uh, but, but I was like taking jobs. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I'd, I took a job working for a sound and light company and I was getting like, five about five quid an hour and working 90 hours a week shop fitting still living out of a bag and not not really earning a lot of money to run an house and have a child and I just fucking hell man this if this is life I don't don't fucking want it shit and then um I remember (laughs) I got sacked from that job after about a year and I was the first guy that he'd employed and then he built the company up and I was like doing admin as well as being out on jobs and running little jobs. And, um, I remember I I got to work one day and there's a sheet with all the lads. There's there's about another 10 lads that we took on in the year and I looked and and he'd left it on the desk that we shared and it got everyone's price and everyone was earning different money. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I photocopied it and gave everyone a copy, (laughs) pinned it on my ain't fucking right. I got sacked from that by recorded delivery. That was that coming one Christmas so yeah it's um it was it was just manic mate. up and down just trying to keep jobs so eventually ended up contracting on electrical contracting for a bit with a mate of mine
0: so uh, what we're saying is do you think the military doesn't really prepare you to go into civvy street is is that
1: you've got to ask yourself how much of it is their responsibility haven't you really i think they they Back in the day, I don't know what they do now, so I can't. I can't make an honest comment on what occurs now. It's been a long time, uh, so I don't know what. For me, I could have done with. I don't know what I could. I could have done with some some social support. You know what I mean. It would. It would have been obvious now that I would have been extremely unhappy. Uh, you know, when I was bouncing around in the court. But what can they do, Chris? If you, if you, like we spoke earlier, if you've got childhood trauma that you just can't crack, you know, you you're mm. not in a place. Your level of self awareness or is is not at the point where, or you might not want to delve into it. You know that anger that you can't you can't quite put your finger on. If you can't deal with that, if you can't find inner peace, mm. then how can the military help you anyway? I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, mate.
0: Yeah. So, Kev, sorry. Um. Yeah, I'm just trying to build up the picture. You, you, I think you sound a bit like myself, right? The reason I joined the Marines, I was actually on an electrician's course before then, right? I, I'd, I'd done a year of being a Sparky, and I'm uh, no disrespect to Sparkies out there. I have massive, massive respect for everybody that finds their way in life. Anyone that does a trade, learns a skill, and actually just gets out and puts into community for me kev i found it like the my mentor on this sparky course was just a bit of a dick. right he used to get in the car in the morning and he go he'd like look around check his missus watch watching and then he'd get a ciggy out and, and he, he used to smoke them like this and i fucking hated him he used <laughs> to talk talk down to me in that way that people did back yeah. then you know that like make me yeah. really feel like you're shit and i felt shit you know, I left school. I'd done about 12 fucking O levels or something on the past two. Right. This is uh, um and and I've I liked a bit of the old technology. So I got my O level uh, one O level in control technology, one in design. So I'd like an interest, you know. I like I like fucking around with stuff, right? So I'm doing that course and I'm crawling through these attics and lofts full of all that fiberglass insulation and it's going down your back i got this guy going ye, 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 ye. and then i got enlightened as to the royal marines i actually got bet i was uh, i became homeless i was living in a Renault 12 right in a in a, a, a shop car park and my mate come up one day and uh he went I've just joined the Royal Marines. I've been on this three-day course, right? It was fucking mega. You won't believe it. They <laughs> made us do this. We had to do the endurance course. And then, like, uh, uh, you are screaming at us, and there was this other dude on the course, and he was really cool. He was a Welsh rugby player. John, hello, if you're watching. And <laughs> he, he, he made everything look easy, and, you know, and and they called us into the room at the end, and there was, like, 15 of us, two of us, Pat. And, and I was like, and he went of course you couldn't do it <laughs> i'm like you know no one told me kev what i couldn't couldn't do because i was a very damaged youngster you know i was very uh been i've been yeah i was fucking homeless for the second time this is at 17 homeless for the first time at 15 in my school uniform and when i started reading the brochures mate you know and seeing that these boys actually did something with their lives and they go to this place called Limpston and there's a fuck off ethos around that, that, that you can't understand unless you get into that model, you know, you can't understand it. I thought, do you know what? I think I can do this. I can do 50 push push-ups. Yeah, I can do that. I can, I did, I could do 30 pull-ups and they only wanted you to do six. The swimming, I was a bit, yeah i think i can i think i can squeeze through that right and that was the thing so i joined to give myself direction because it gave me 250 quid a week which was a lot of money back then Mm. and it meant i could hold my head up proud because i am a royal marines commando right the moment i left and folks my my books up there eating smoke if you want to learn, learn learn more but i left because i had this this quote unquote million dollar business in hong kong but when all that folded guess what kev i was back to that guy again when i i felt completely directionless directionless i felt lost i felt what can i offer anybody if I put rural, former Royal Marine on my CV, an employer would look at it and go, oh, was, was that like the army or something? Is it yeah, they couldn't, all this <laughs> stuff, all this stuff about you join the Marines, you got a job for life. Everyone yeah. will want, no, CVs couldn't give a shit about it. It meant nothing to them, you know? And there I was, and, and 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 friends at home. I'm just leading into this because I want to hear Kev's story. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm talking a, a lot on Kev's podcast, but my point is, Kev, right? Is I just had that total lack of I had self confidence in massive amount. You know, I was a kid at school. If the ball went in the river, I'm fucking in after it. If it went up the highest tree everyone's pissing themselves I just climb up and get you know I was fine but deep inside I was very broken and I was very damaged and something was missing and I had no I didn't have that that confidence that some people just seem to bloody have and it ended up with me in Hong Kong chronically mentally unwell addicted to crystal meth uh my my brain was frazzled um I, I was I literally was that guy when you walk down the street that other people cross the road to avoid, like I was (laughs) that guy, you know, and, and it, it, it took, and I, and, and that wasn't even the rock bottom. I come back to the UK and then finally my life had descended into such utter sadness and shit and chaos and depravity. You know, my house was just, just a fucking pigsty. Right. And, I had like nervous breakdown, I think number three, mate. And I was just lay there shivering on the floor because I couldn't afford to put the heating on. Couldn't get any more gear. I'd no. I'd spent all my money. Couldn't get any food because I'd spent all my money on the gear. And as I cried my fucking eyes out, it fucking hit me. It suddenly hit me. that I'd done that to myself. I could blame upbringing i could blame parents i could blame society don't understand people like i could maybe uh, i wouldn't blame the military i had no sort of real reason to but you know and it hit me in that moment hang on chris if you don't start taking charge of you and appreciating that you're still alive mate when some of your buddies have been killed in horrible horrible circum they can't live now they can't wake up and smile at the morning sun like you can mate so fucking crack on and kev from that moment mate i never look back that is my life now that is what you see on youtube that's what you see when you you know when i do public speaking it was that moment there was that moment in my life where i realized stop feeling like a second hand citizen take charge of it yourself get out there and fucking smash it, you know? And little by little, literally little by little, when my attitude changed, things changed and things started to come to me and they started to come to me. And I realized that actually I've got a whole lot in my life I can can make a lot of, you know, that I didn't think, you know, I can walk on fire, right? I can firewalk. Uh, I've been a Royal Marines commando. Um... I've travelled a lot. You know, there's a lot of stuff that is really easier for us to go, oh ah, well, that's nothing. Da, 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 da. And but to get back to your point and, and and I really hope this helps people out there, helps veterans out there, is mate, I know what it's like to feel that. Is it discombobulation? Like we don't we Massive don't...
1: disconnection. Yes. Yeah, massive disconnection from like being a human, isn't it? And for me it was i lost my identity i didn't i don't i didn't quite know what was missing i don't think but it's love and belonging chris it was it was that feeling i think with being in that pack being in the core and feeling having that solid identity and knowing that you're part of something bigger serving when i come home i i couldn't you know my injury I, I didn't i couldn't train for six years it was still my knee was still fucked. it took forever to fix every time i went out to train it, it started hurting and. You know, it's painful. I just thought, fucking hell. I, I was left. I, they said we could operate on it, but you might never walk again. I mean, it was to leave with that in my head. That's when I started. I mean, I, I was writing, I was playing guitar before I left the Marines. I needed to do something. was been creative. I was writing poetry, writing songs, got in the bands, ended up taking drugs, uh, and just trying to keep my life together, really. And and just bobbling along, it's, it's hard to. I don't think you ever really know where somebody else's head's at but when you said you know when your when your attitude changed that that is when you realize that you have done it all to yourself is the place and I remember I'd shaved my head so I'd, I started tai chi that started me to learn to breathe and become present and then you kind of like I remember the first session I went in I just fucking broke after everyone had left I was I, I just broke down in front of the guys that were instructing. I sobbed my fucking heart out and they said, You're amongst friends. It's okay, let it go. I'd never done that. I'd never let it go. And they were and then I kind of picked myself up from that, learned to breathe, practicing meditation as much as I could. Start I did start to take control of my life. I was going through a tough time. You know, the I'd split up with the missus, but she couldn't leave. So we're living in separate rooms. That is fucking purgatory, mate. That for anyone with a little, and I'm trying to keep shit together and trying to follow some sort of dream. Writing, ended up in bands, playing like skate punk music. I was into sort of all the stuff, like Offspring, Green Day, and the Nirvana stuff come along. I was into that. Uh, and that that was, you know, I got we got noticed by MI. This is all before Napster came out, you know, all that shit. And I was going down that road, but, you know, you just, you get to a point where I think you've you're looking for answers, but the answers are all within yourself. And that was it for me. I looked in the mirror and I was like, where the fuck is that Marine when I need him? And literally just like you started to look on how I could help other people as well. At a time when I was hurting the most, the best way for me was to connect with other people and help people less fucking fortunate. And the teaching role brought that to me. me, made me wake up it made me wake up and, and that's hmm. you know that was kind of
0: how did you kev how did you land the teaching role was this the university one or it,
1: it was no no i was i'd got a level three in electrical engineer and a level two in motor vehicle from a yts and my aunt is like oh next door he, he knows his name his name's chris he's, he's got no power and they got a little baby and i went round, and it was a lad i'd been at college with when i was at when i was doing my yts and he was working at the college as, as a, uh, a team leader. And I just, I went in, his circuit breaker had gone. So I went in, I changed it for, I gave him some, a bit of temporary supply for the night. So I got a lit learn. Went back, he said, what do you want? Oh, i just give him the money for the, uh, you know, for the bits. You're all right, Chris. He said, you ever thought, he says, what have you been up to? So I told him, what calls you got? Told him, you ever been in trouble with the police? No. Nope. He says, do you? fancy teaching and I laughed I'm like Are you kidding he says no th- we need someone to teach we can't get anyone to teach these kids who got kicked out of school that's how I got it was complete like I don't know it was just I did I did a favor and and it, it come back and that that literally was the start that that job brought me back to life that reconnected me with people made me human mm-hmm. again which is an odd thing to say but I had I'd lost all my compassion I think I'd had it battered out of me that that and that mate, that that was literally, you know, I was living in a world where I needed to have compassion, but I couldn't I didn't have any. It, it came back slowly. It was, I don't know, very uh, very difficult to, to describe, but a long-winded process and coming back slowly, changing my the way I thought about life, changing my behaviours, started walking. Started going out walking and pushing through that little bit of pain. Whereas I would didn't I didn't want to push through the pain before. I pushed a little bit through the pain on the knee, and 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 slowly built up and uh, yeah, got a fair bit of recovery back from it.
0: That's the thing, mate, isn't it? Is it, it? It's tempting for people listening to think, oh, you just went and changed someone's fuse, and we're thinking about the physical. But it's hard to understand that when you're that broken in life and you're struggling. That it's nothing to do with like the fuse box.
1: No, like nothing.
0: It's about the the metaphysical shit that's going on in your connection in that moment that takes you from feeling say useless
1: yeah, to trying. going,
0: ah, actually, actually I've got a value and I can do stuff and I can help people yes how how did it progress from there i mean you've done some amazing stuff you've done like fi- film work and and yeah i
1: did the 10 years in teaching uh i didn't do the degree till after we did uh we did um, mm. um, a um and it's called certificate in education that you did for fv it's like a level five qual. but after i left i left teaching because uh it just it just got a bit silly the values of the senior manager didn't align with what i wanted what, where i was going and he kind of stuff. So I ended up uh leaving then I went, I won't, I went, I just needed to get out. I wanted to go and do something less institutionalized. I ended up on site, working on site with my mate. He said, I'll give you a, I got a job, you can go digging holes and shit. I was like, that's brilliant. But I also got a job working as a performance coach for World Skills UK, and I signed up to do some military for military film services, MFS, did some work with them. So I got on, well, the first yeah, I got on Kingsman One. And that's the first time I'm back with a bunch of ex-Marines and paras, or the sixty of us in this hangar, for one of the scenes in uh, Kingsman 1. And it was fucking epic, being around all the lads again. You know, it was just... I'd never stood... I'd never been in a room, an hangar, full of guys for years. And it was like, fuck yeah, this is really funny, really great feeling. Got a job to do. A lot, lot of laughs. Mm. Uh, I mean, my good mate, Jez, he's... Um, amputee and he was in that There was like as you see the film credit uh, well, I think it's in one of the uh one of the uh trailers but all the guys running towards it um what's it and some guy dropped a weapon and and bookers shouts out is that your leg jazz fell off and you know it's just the, the the typical typical military banter I guess yeah. but it's such a good laugh I went on to do a few films with, with yeah. MFS uh, and then
0: so got, let, let's um let's just explore that for people at home who are probably wondering what we're talking about so Kingsman well, it was yeah. a cracking film wasn't it it was about yeah. I, I I I got mate I've got a memory like I said but I do remember it's like this C, secret agent type dude was it yeah. not? and yeah. he was the ultimate yeah he, uh, he was like James Bond mark mark like 25 or something he not had that, yeah. yeah so so what 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 did this film company that you joined, what did they do for that film? What was the role? Was it like extras or technical? Yeah, they
1: supplied, they supplied mili- uh, the uh, extras that did special action, like all weapon training, weapon stuff. Because, you know, we look, we can move on the camera and that. So that's what they supplied. But they also supplied stunt, stunties as well. Loads of lads went into the stunts from the Marines, loads of lads.
0: Are you, like, are you an actor in that film or, or, or you no. know, are you...
1: No, just special action sort of background work oh i, I did a number of, of uh films where we just background No, didn't do any speaking roles in you know, them. so
0: yeah so you were basically like bigging up the actors making sure they knew their shit and and
1: just getting the- killed all the time by actors making them look good that's pretty much our role just stacking up and getting shot down again oh,
0: so, so you are actually in the film
1: oh yeah 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 i mean yeah and, and kingdom too you've got, you got
0: to remember people out there won't know like what what we're talking about and and I'm just trying to build a picture of, of how does a bootneck get involved in the film Kingsman which
1: okay so I signed up to a, an agency where you put your military experience on you put some photos on and then that agency when there was a film come up they'd, they'd put a stack of you on it and then casting had looked through who they like the look of who could do the job then you get a knock and you go like, oh, can you do this date? Yeah, I'll do that date. Here's your rate. Come down and do it. Get dressed up. Do the rehearsals and do all that.
0: So what, I did a, what,
1: few, a few of them.
0: What were the actors like? Were they? were they-
1: kid, mate. They are funny. Eggsy on the first one. Nobody, we didn't know who it was. So we were just all taking the piss out of him. And, and then when by the t- time we did the second one, he'd done a couple of films, I think. Um, Taryn Egerton's quite a good actor. Good fun. Second one, we stood, there's a few of us. There's Colin Firth. Eggsy and they're just they're in between take very funny, mate. Very funny. Um but dead interesting. Dead interesting to see how it all operates. And some of the directors are, are really cool. Some of them are like quite odd taskmasters and you know, interesting behind the scenes stuff.
0: So the film follows Gary Eggsy Umwins, and that's taran Egerton. Is that his I think so, yeah. Uh recruitment. I think that's this um He's a Welsh actor. Oh, it's great to know that at least something good comes out of <laughs> Wales. You know, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get f- in loads of messages now. <laughs> do you think, mate? Do you think humour is like dying? Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. And, and also, we got that military sense of humour, and but in specific...
1: humour, isn't it?
0: Yeah, in specifically marine humour, and and I just... People just seem to take everything so face value now and serious. And when I take the piss out I of the well. That's a
1: massive issue, isn't it? People don't know how to have fun anymore. They don't know how to let it rip. I mean, this is, you know, we were talking about what I'm up to at the minute and the project that I've been running for the last three years. And and there is a, there's a huge educational part of it where we, you know, we talk about managing emotions. We talk about self-awareness, conflict management, communication skills and building, you know, our motivation works and and, and quite a lot of them things. But on the flip side, we go out out kayaking and swimming in the rivers and climbing mountains and having a good laugh. Just not, you know, losing that self-consciousness and being task-conscious. And the task is enjoy your life. Go and have fun. I say to, and a lot of the guys I work with will be, you know, there's a lot of construction goes on around here. And there's a lot of guys work for the self or the running teams. I'm like if you don't, if you don't book a break, if you don't plan for fun and recreation, it's not gonna fucking happen, mate. You gotta plan for it. If you work for yourself, you'll never stop. So you've got to plan for it. And that that for me is like, yeah, you know, why what why what, what, what's wrong with going out and having a, a good laugh on the river, kayaking with a bunch of guys? That's what I was missing, mate, when I left the court. That's what I was missing. Someone to come and take the piss out of me. That's what I needed. <laughs> but yeah, it's that love and belonging, mate, that identity crisis that I had, that transition into all the new emotions. I'd never been a dad, I'd never been injured, I'd never been fighting for work, I'd never been having to prove myself time and time again to get shit job after shit job. It's really difficult. I, I did. I just didn't have the tools that I needed. I'd missed a good, like, you know, I come out at 26. And all the lads that have been in Civy Street, they've had, you know, they've had eight, nine years in working. They understand the system. I ain't got a clue. Mm. And that's tough. That's tough for guys.
0: Mate, that's a beautiful thing about the core is um, when you hook up with the lads, I mean, I did did some uh, ocean rowing training, we can say. And I've hooked up with quite a few of the lads that have done this. And we went out... um, Oh, was it from uh, Hamble, which is Southampton Way, isn't it?
1: Mm.
0: It's, it's, it. I'm lost for words, mate. Because how do you describe that the moment? Right, I hook up with Brucey, who's a, just a fucking lovely bloke. He's rode the Atlantic, still, still serving bootneck, you know. And you just hook up with the boys, and it's like nothing.
1: Everything's all right, isn't it? It's like
0: nothing <laughs> stopped. Yeah. You know, nothing stopped. Next thing, you know, you're in a pub and, and, you know, it, 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 it's the humour just taking the piss out of each other for every... Uh, it, it's... It, c- conversely to what we were saying earlier about you get these yeah. fucking in the military. It's not just exclusive to the Marines. It's, it's, it's the whole military. You get a lot of damaged people in the military and, and naturally... <laughs> You know where you've got damaged people you're going to get bullies you're going to get thugs you're going to get you know uh criminal abuse uh, people that shouldn't really be there but a beautiful thing kev you know to go out with the boys and it's just it like it's seamless it's seamless
1: create that chris i wanted to create that's what I, what I, what i aim for the lego project is that you know and i, I started off with an ethos right be shit, supportive of each other, be honest to yourselves and others, have integrity, that's the iron shit, and take positive action, right, always put the T in shit, if you're not taking positive action, your life's not going to move forward, right, so I I wanted to create a, a similar sort of feeling that you get, not judged, say what you want, you know, looking after each other, that brotherhood of support, that is what I've, that is what I'm creating that is what hmm. I'm doing how, uh, how does that
0: give us some context then Kev because leg up project is just a you know what's just that a word yeah One, so, so three, it's three words to people what how 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 did it come about what's it for how do people join who's it aimed at this kind of but, stuff
1: well we're we're just running I'm just running it locally in Northwest Leicester at the minute so it's a men's out el- I've, I've labeled it as a men's health group but it's there's educational packages in there so we get to get, look, currently Monday nights and Thursday nights. So Monday night will be sort of classroom session. I'll bring a topic up. Um, I'll share, you know, share talk about motivation. Talk about
0: where, where 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 does this take place?
1: This takes place uh, at a conference room that that we use locally in in the town we're in, Colville.
0: Does that mean people have to live there or? or... Well,
1: yeah, it means it's, it's a local project. That's this is what I'm doing. The, okay. The, the reason, you know. to to upscale it's quite a massive thing at this point uh but you know i I did through lockdown i did reams of like zoom online sessions and that. i also take one-to-one coaching on as well uh so obviously you don't need to you can be anywhere um, as long as you've got an internet connection you can do one-to-one but this is this is a local thing that i've set up and and again i guess i would upscale it you know but again it's it's got to work with what's happening in my life as well there's a lot going on uh, family-wise and stuff as well but it, it's it's a men's health group and running three years and it's an ed- education and and outdoor education as well so getting out breaking down fear learning more to understand your behaviors which it's, it's literally changing mindset and behavior mm. so changing the way helping you think from a broader perspective um and assisting you in in practicing gratitude and and being thankful for what you've got but also to learn that helping other people is probably the fastest route to becoming happy and you're helping you're helping someone yeah reconnecting assisting someone who's less fortunate than you so it's a collective you know even though i add it up i like to run it as as a collective and guys will kind of come in for some lads have been with it for a few years some lads come in and out as they're going through different things in the life. And you know, it's it's one of them where you can pick it and put it down as you wish. Um they I mean, call it got... being
0: in, being in service, don't they?
1: Yeah.
0: Being yeah. in that, I think that's like a, a like a religious type reference, but it maybe it it, it it goes for everything. It just means, you know, in life you just should always be looking to give back. Yeah. Because it's, if we, if we look to just serve ourselves and you know scrooge together all our pennies and just only do what what we think serves us then then that's living in the ego and that just takes you down
1: it's northwest leicestershire so it's kind of in between leicester derby nottingham and in the east midlands um off junction 22 the m1 is that actually in
0: scotland (laughs) (laughs) hi mate i'm 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 a janner, I don't go past Exeter.
1: <laughs> wicked mate, wicked.
0: Mm. And if you had to grim, yeah. grim though, mate. It is grim. Yeah. I bet you've had some good results though. It must be nice seeing people yeah. people yeah. achieve.
1: It's amazing. And and one of the awesome things for me is it's it's creating networks for people. So you get guys that come and didn't know each other and then you just become really good mates? look out for each other in bit in terms of business as well you know giving advice and then they don't you know they don't need to stay then they've created these little pods like friendships it's um it's strengthening the community mate and I, I like, in all honesty i don't want my kids and my grandkids growing up if i can affect a community i'm doing it that's what's happening you know i'm lifting raising the morale um of the blokes that live and, and let's be honest, you know, this statistically, me and you, mate, we are at the top end of people that are likely to kill ourselves. So, you know, our age group.
0: Don't do it before the end of the podcast, mate. <laughs> that will give our editor a fucking yeah. nightmare. <laughs>
1: no, not planning on that one, mate. Not yes.
0: Well, we are, but we should say on that point, shouldn't we? That that fellas, if you're watching this now and you're struggling, yeah. I'll say, fellas, I'll sexist am i fellas and falasses you know it literally is just a tweak when when you're in the doldrums in the dark it just you think the world is against you you think there's no and it's just fucking nonsense it really is you know it really is and if you're in that place i just encourage you go and sit somewhere with a bit of sunlight on your face even if it's pissing down with just just you know what i'm saying and just remember that you're born a legend and that you're massively loved by people like me and kev by all the rest of the military community and the civilian community and that that Tough times never last. You will look back and you'll go, oh, my God, I can't believe I got myself in that twaddle. Bloody (laughs) hell, what bad thinking. It's just bad thinking, folks, okay? And you will come through it. You absolutely will. There's nothing worth taking yourself out of the game. That is silly. That is a momentary silly act it's just but but we understand it kev don't we we understand
1: you said, it you know? mate, yeah when it, when you're down mate this it's fucking. now when it gets dark it gets dark mm-hmm. doesn't it but it passes yes it passes
0: so we're going to put a link for the leg up project below the podcast kev tell us about your 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 book and how has that journey been
1: oh mate honestly so just before i set the project up i, I got invited to uh work with a professional speaking association and went in and which which was really you know listening to a lot of other diff- different perspectives on life different stories business and all these manner of things and then um i was invited to do a talk and i, I wanted to do it on what on um, mental health well-being because i would not long finished a degree I finished a degree in 2016 in education, but I'd gone into well-being, motivation, managing behaviors, that sort of stuff. Um, and I came up with the concept that if I could go back to the day when I left the Marines, what, what would I say to myself? And I had five minutes, so I weren't allowed to do PowerPoints and all that. So I'd created, I wrote, I wrote a bit about what I felt that I went through, uh, in terms of survival, what I called survival mode, which is a term that gets used a lot now back then I hadn't really heard it much but I wrote that down and then learning to flourish uh was literally living your best life so a, a sweep between the two uh, and a talk about five minutes of what would I say to myself I create what I created I end up creating like a little crib card and that that's what I, I started I used that so we had unsurvival mode fight flight freeze flood form fatigue and I flipped it over. And as I looked back, I thought, "What were the most important things that I learned?" And I made it into like an immediate action drill card. So I got three main areas: be harder to kill, be easier to love, always fill your glass. And and broke that down again. That mm. is why I started the leg up. And the book is based upon that talk that I wrote um, at the start of 2019. So that it's it's to be able to share. I mean, I've used I use a lot of the stuff in there uh throughout the sessions with the leg up and and everyone was like i initially wanted to write it as a as sort of um course manual but then i expanded it into sharing a little bit about why i had gone through you know a bit about fight flight freeze flooding like emotionally flooded fawning where you're submitting uh you're giving up almost and then fatigue is where you just burn out so i kind of wrote around them bits talked a bit about them and then expanded into the uh learning to flourish so let breathe in properly drinking more water eating well sleeping well fizz developing your emotional intelligence focusing on improving the moment practicing gratitude joy considering how to give you know like service um you know voluntary work and then considering your intentions and talking to people properly using empathy to assert yourself you know what i mean and all this kind of led into what I because I, I do a fair bit of work, still teaching teachers how to deal with conflict and stuff. Mm. But that that is literally what the book expanded into. Um so I didn't set out to write as much about my journey, but it it as it it, it kind of got wound in from chatting to lads uh and, and running the project and what people were asking me. I kept getting asked questions and you know things kept cropping up so mm. I put it in a book so I can share it uh, and uh, people can It's just you know see that everyone goes through shit we just go through it at different times and I think having empathy being a bit kinder to people we we wouldn't, wouldn't have to take a lot from everyone for the world to be a much nicer place would it so just trying to share let's be a bit kinder let's be a bit more understanding
0: have you nailed it, brother? And I'm really proud of you as a fellow Royal Marines commando to be putting this stuff out there. You know, it, it's it really is special. Um, gosh, there's probably a lot I can say, and I I I am known to waffle, but uh, so. First off, right, you're always welcome back on the show. Anytime I can help you, any projects you're involved with, if you need, you know, any any kind of shout out. To friends out there, like we say, get stuck in. We're going to put Kev's website details below. Send them an email if you're struggling. If, you know, you just got to reach out, folks. I'm trying to hesitate from using the word man up because that's got connotations. But what I mean is if you're a real commando, you reach out to your buddies, that's it.
1: It's what courage, you, Chris, sometimes, yeah. you know? You've got let, to... Let opening your heart up, mate. You've got to open your heart up. Yes. You've got to. And I know it's, it's fucking scary, but you have to open your heart and be vulnerable because there's people out here, aren't they, waiting. Yeah. Just but to help you out.
0: But it ain't being vulnerable to people like us because we've been through it, you know. Yeah we've been through it and let's be honest we ain't created bad lives for ourselves <laughs> it's <been all> right. <laughs> you, you know so we've done all the right things yeah. we've done all the right things and I'd encourage other people to do the same you know you you've, you've, you when I went through all, all the mill and all the shit there wasn't people available Kev there was no military charities other than the obvious you know British Legion and they, they, they want people you could just Jump into this Facebook group and have a chat, or or this guy like Chris pick up the phone. Fu- yeah, I did n- none of that. None of that. I had to do. I had to work it out all myself. But the simple fact that all this is available now, folks, just shows you the amount of people that have been through the mill, have come out the other side, and we're just saying it's fine. It's fine. You know, it's absolutely. In fact, it's not just fine it's better, isn't it's, it? it's a massive learning curve It is, you know yeah sometimes people say to me they say oh that chris rule he lost his way a bit in life and and he's um you know he's he's got on the str- i'm like cough shut up <laughs> shut up i've done nothing wrong in life i've just had experiences sometimes they've been a bit extreme i wouldn't change any of them because i lived a perfect life now I have the perfect people around me i would i i have found myself in paradise I, i'm not i don't want to get out of it and i won't get out of it but i couldn't have got here unless i'd been through all this shit i needed to do that to kind of you know make sense of it all and you got to learn in life cut away the bullshit because most people are just going to tell you bullshit because they're brainwashed they're brainwashed in this bloody system from birth that goes through education it's not there for you folks it's not there to make you a happy balanced achieving individual it's there to suit these psychopathic bloody capitalist controllers right you know they don't want you they want you unhappy because what do unhappy people do well for a start they buy shit because they think buying shit's going to make them happy you know it's called capitalism and of course we've all done that haven't we we've all bought the flashy car and three months later you're just back to feeling unhappy again and that car's rusting out on your driveway it's it's listen to the people that have been there folks is what i'm trying to say you know we're not here for the popcorn i ain't here for the popcorn i'm just here for real life because it's so beautiful when you discover it it's just so beautiful and it's available to everybody and here's the thing it costs nothing you don't need to achieve any position in any organization to achieve paradise in fact that stuff's gonna hold you back literally if you've got nothing nothing and nobody you're actually in a good place to start right because you know it's kind of like the only way is up so Kev, listen, brother, stay on the line so I can thank you properly. But we're going to put um all your links below the video so people can get hold of you. Um, um, which I suggest they do. Anyone out there struggling, I'm repeating myself now, but you know, reach out, folks. Reach out, because it's a great life, you know. It's a great, great life. And we if if you are struggling, we're gonna help you rekindle that love for life. Like you had. I remember going on leave as a young Marine. Bergen on your shoulder, you know, going through, I don't know, St. David's, tra- and <laughs> you, you just felt good about life, you know? You felt good and you're going to go and see your civvy mates and you're going to tell them all these exaggerated stories about what an odd man you are. <laughs> and 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 I, 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 I'm joking, but, you know, I remember those times as being carefree and, yeah. and not 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 no worry in the world and, and just on top you know booking my next trip to thailand or or, or what uh, it is good good and like i say folks you know we're going to get you back there because every day should feel like that every should day should feel like a school day or a maybe not if you didn't like
1: school, <laughs> um, school holiday maybe yeah yeah
0: kev stay on the line brother but massive love to you and, thanks, and everything mate. that you're doing and all your family let's keep in touch um because it's a great life isn't it
1: it is mate it is it
0: friends is. out there massive thanks to listen to me and kev waffle on i hope you've uh you get something out of it but uh, remember we're born legend we die legend it's just up to you what you choose to do in between much love